Welcome to This Academic Life, Episode 3. In Episode 2, we talked about how the junior faculty has been hit the hardest by the pandemic. This episode is solely focused on junior faculty. The early years of a faculty position can be an exciting but challenging experience. College and university faculty members are expected to spend time on research, teaching, and service as part of their academic job. For instance, a tenure-track appointment carries a probationary period leading to tenure. In those periods, regular tenure-track faculty are typically appointed or reappointed for one, two, or three academic years. So in this episode, early career simply means junior faculty who are in the first three years of their tenure-track position. As a junior faculty, we hear tips such as know yourself, know what's expected of you and deliver it, understand who and how the decisions are made, and simply know the system and pursue funding for your research, establish research collaborations, and develop yourself as a teacher. But don't we all know them? Since this precious three years are essential in one's career, I thought it would be great if we can all get five real tips from my friends, Kim and Lucy, who have been through this and have reviewed many tenure packages. Let's start with Lucy. When someone just starts their tenure track position, they find themselves in a new place and a new environment. What is your first tip to them? So the first thing you want to do is to be proud of yourself. Congratulate yourself. The fact that you are here, you are the very few selected ones. It's your time and your turn to shine. So my first advice as you're starting up is to build up a support system. Now, when I talk about support system, I'm talking about finding your cohorts, finding a mentor, and finding your collaborators and getting the right graduate students. So I remember when Kim and I joined RPI, we were in the same orientation and many of us, we met there and we end up being great friends. We have lunch together, we hang out, right? So you need those cohorts and then you can exchange notes and then you can navigate trying to figure out how to explore the system. Mentor that I was talking about is not the mentors that the university or your department assigned for you. The mentor I'm talking about is a true mentor, someone who can help you rather than imposing their own ideologies, right? So these are the mentors who really care about you, care about your success. You need someone like that to guide you along. And then another aspect of this support system is collaborators. And we all know that we need to find collaborators as soon as you get on campus. But how do you actually find these people? I would say through trial and error. It's not easy to find the perfect match as your collaborator. Sometimes you would have an unsuccessful collaboration. So it's hard to know ahead of time whom you should contact. So it takes some time, but that's okay, right? So take your time and find the right people. 
the last thing I wanted to mention is that every university, every institution is different. The culture is different. Not necessarily one is better than the other. They're just different. So you can't expect to build up this support system overnight. It does take sometimes a very short time, and sometimes it might take a long time. Take your time, but having this support system, you're building up your root at your new place. You are your own entity. Thank you, Lucy. As you pointed out,、uh, mentioning collaborators and mentors as part of our support system, I found out as a tenure track faculty member, these collaborators and mentors often give you advice、uh, regarding how to prepare for promotion, and this. Can be overwhelming.、Uh, following their advice can pull you into different directions, and sometimes it's really difficult not to compare yourself to others. So, Kim, how should one handle this situation? So, tip number two: tune out the noise around you and execute your long-term plan. There will always be unsolicited advice from your colleagues, and then there will be advice that they will give to you. That will be beneficial to you as you move through your career. The key is to know how to decipher what information you need at the time that you need it. In science and engineering, we use what's called the signal-to-noise ratio, which compares the level of the desired signal to the level of the background noise. The desired signal is the information that is most relevant to you at the present time, and the background noise is the information that is irrelevant. The best way to handle this is to take time to develop a long-term plan and then execute this plan. The goal is you want to be able to map your long-term plans to yearly, monthly, and then daily activities. Then, as you receive this advice, it's going to be easier to determine whether or not this is the desired signal for the present time or if it's background noise. The other thing is, you don't want to compare yourself to others. Nothing is worse than thinking you're not as good as your peer, because, for example, their manuscript was accepted immediately, and then yours, you had to go through several revisions. Or another big one, they won the career award on their first time, and then you're on your second or third submission. Perpetual competition is very stressful, and I advise anyone to tune it out. Great tip, Kim. Well, many early careers are concerned about not having enough time to do everything that's expected from them. Lucy, what is your main tip in surviving such a fast-paced environment? Tip number three: Put self-care on your calendar. I can't emphasize this enough. When I talk about self-care, I'm talking about Physically, mentally, and emotionally, we are in this high-stress job. We are probably working over sixty hours a week, at the least. Or we're expected to carry out this world-leading research and teach to the highest standard, and we're getting evaluated on both at any given time. So. This is very stressful, and on top of that, we're just like students. We have deadlines too. We have deadlines in preparing lecture, 
preparing homework, preparing exams. We have deadlines for proposals, and we can't call in sick. We do not have backups, so these deadlines can also cause the extra stress. Now, how do we deal with it? You need to take care of your body. Go take a walk, do exercises, yoga, meditation. Go get a massage. Whatever that is that you do, take care of your body. I learned it the hard way. When my kids were little, things were getting so out of hands. It was such a stressful periods of time in my life, along with many things that that were happening in the family. And I was diagnosed with this debilitating disease called Meniere's disease, which is an inner ear disorder where I would lose my balance all of a sudden. And in the meantime, I lost my Hearing、uh, in my right ear, and I have this tinnitus. And I wish now I could go back and just take care of myself instead of thinking that I have to do everything all at the same time. And now I have learned it the hard way. I know that exercises is a really great stress reducing mechanism. I put it on my calendar. I put it an alarm on my phone to remind me that I need to move. I need to do the exercises that I need. So the other thing is that you have to recognize the stress. Otherwise, you don't know how to deal with it. So oftentimes, you got to take a pause and find a place to vent your frustrations and find ways to rejuvenate. You can always do more work, but more work is not the same as better work. So you have to find a system that works for you, so you, that you can sustain in the long run and avoid any potential burnout. Just to bring up another point to support Lucy's tip about self care, if we are to survive this academic life, then our mental health must also be a priority. Sometimes it may be helpful to find a life coach or a therapist or a counselor to talk through your challenges. Most of us know that scientists and engineers are not the group of people who are known to share or express themselves when it comes to their emotional well-being. However, we express to students all the time about opportunities to utilize counseling services on campus. What we may fail to recognize is that we may need these very similar services. Thank you both. You both brought up very good points. Kim, along the mental health that you pointed out, at some point you become so focused on obtaining tenure as an early career faculty, then you sometimes find yourself lost in life when you are not working towards obtaining that goal. So, do you have any tip to prevent early careers from getting themselves into that position? So, tip number four: stay grounded and connected to other priorities outside of the academy. For me, I went back to something that was first introduced to me by my mother. She signed me up to be a candy striper one summer、um, at a nearby hospital in New Orleans. I was selected to work in the neonatal unit. At the time, I was thinking I was going to become a pediatrician. 
Um, during that time, I had the responsibility to care for babies, rocking them to sleep and nurturing them while they await their time to go home. It was a very rewarding experience. And I'll never forget that responsibility that was given to me. So when I was on a tenure track, I volunteered at a nearby store that provided clothes to those in need. For example, the store provided clothes to families whose belongings were lost in a house fire or some similar situation or close to families that were displaced due to abuse or other family trauma. The people that I met and the stories that were shared with me by those families made me realize that obtaining tenure was not comparable to the concerns of those families who were less fortunate. So when I would return home after volunteering, I had a new perspective when I worked on my proposals or my lecture notes. I didn't have that attitude of if I didn't get tenured, then my life was over. I realized that there were so many other ways that I could contribute to the society that was independent of tenure. And so volunteering was something that I often go back to even now as a full professor and as an associate dean of the college. May I just add, um, I remember when Kim was volunteer at that store, I visited her and I was just so touched. I was just so touched. It really changed my perspective as well. Just watching it, um, looking at other people's life and realizing how fortunate we are. And at that point, you realize all of this are just so tiny, so tiny. All these 10-year goals and everything, it's just it's not even relevant comparing to, to the rest of the world. <laughs> That's very true. Thank you both for sharing four wonderful tips. Lucy, any last tip for our early careers to make the first few years of this stressful academic life to get through easier? Well, tip number five, find joy in the process. So one way to really look at this is to take all the challenges as opportunities, opportunities for learning and growth. We know that we are here because we chose it. No one put anything to force us to make this choice. We're doing it because we want to be here. We're always making positive impact in people's lives, realizing it or not right? Maybe not at this particular instant, but over periods of time, you will realize that we are impacting, making positive impact in people's lives, including the students that we're teaching and advising. And so having a positive attitude and be optimistic about the future and the impact you're making is very important. We have to carry it along the way and finding the joy in this process. Trust your instinct and just be confident with all the decisions that you are making during this process. That was a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Kim and Lucy, for sharing these five unspoken tips for early careers. And early careers out there who are listening to this episode, remember, build up a support system, tune out the noise around you, and execute your long-term plan. Put self-care on your calendar. Don't lose your other priorities in life. 
and finally find joy in the process. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Find us at thisacademiclife.org or follow us on Facebook. You can listen to our latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts. Please rate us. We welcome any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of this academic life.